0: to Season 2 of Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, a man who was so happy to show off the new designs from J.C. Penney at Back to School, Colby Peterson. Uh, I want to remind everybody that Weber State Weekly is a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network on the show today. I've got a man who couldn't wait to get back to school so he could buy some of those sweet NFL pencils from the vending machine,
1: Dustin Chapman. Oh, man, those were so epic. How did you not love those NFL vending vending pencils?
0: Dude, because of one of those pencils, I chose the Carolina Panthers in 1995 as my team. Next, we've got a man who loved nothing more than a good syllabi week. John King.
2: Nothing better than, you know, showing back up to school, walking into class, hanging out for about seven minutes, heading on down the road, you know, meeting up with all your boys. You know, you hadn't seen in a while. Love syllabi week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think you just, I think you wanted to flex on the syllabi thing. I think that your command of Latin is what you're trying to flex right now. Am I wrong?
2: Well, I, listen, I, you know, I, I, I know my, my, my plural nouns now. Okay. You know, I, I got you there.
0: <laughs> Certainly do. So on today's show, as you can notice, folks, uh, it's going to be a little bit different here on week or on season two of Weber State Weekly. Our plan is to go mo- live on Monday nights to allow people an opportunity to not only hear the show, but uh, interact a little bit more with us on, the, on the, our panel and the Weber State Weekly team. Uh, and then, of course, if you, the traditional podcast route is the way that you enjoy it, uh, you'll find that in your podcast feeds as normal. Uh, But for those that want to interact a little bit more with the Weber State Weekly team, we're going to be going live on Monday nights to break down all of the greatest things that are happening in Weber State sports. So on today's show, we've got a couple of uh, really big segments coming up for you. We've got football rankings galore. So football season just around the corner. Uh, They're just wrapping up camp here this week or soon if they haven't already. And there are lots of preseason rankings out there. So we're going to talk a little bit about them. We're also going to talk about the greatest team in school history. We got the 2021 Weber State Volleyball team back and better than ever. So we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect from the ladies this year as they bring back their core of experienced ladies to probably, hopefully, make another run at the conference championship. We'll talk about it. And then finally, we're going to have a game at the end of the show called Over Under. And I've got some lines prepared for our panel here today. And we're going to see kind of how they're feeling about some of our win totals and some other things. So. Before all of that, uh, if you're obviously watching this episode on social media, you follow us on on probably Facebook or maybe on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, Instagram is also another place where you can follow us. Um, you can also check out our blog. We're going to have some more good content coming up for you this season on WeberStateWeekly.com. Great spot to stay up to date on what's happening with Weber State Athletics. And finally... Through the generous donations of our Patreon supporters, we're able to bring you some of these live streams with this good software. So appreciate our Patreon supporters thus far. And if you're interested, go check us out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. So with that, guys, let's talk football rankings, man. We've got a lot going on. Uh, there have been a number of really, really good, I guess, um, Preseason rankings, we've got a lot of guys who are named All-Americans. So uh, I think the first thing I want to talk about is the Wildcats. uh, I think it was announced this week or maybe last week. Wildcats are going to be ranked six in preseason stats polls. How does that feel to you guys? Uh, Chappie, I want to get your take on that preseason ranking as we go into uh, week zero with, you know, or week one with Utah coming up soon.
1: It feels like it's right where we should be. Uh, you know, it's not as high as we were in the spring and that's okay. You know, there's more teams playing now. Uh, Weber state had an early exit from the playoffs last year. Uh, that, that, that five to 10 range is, is about where, where we should be. I mean, would I like to be higher. Yeah. But this is, this is, this is on par. This is right where we should be.
0: I like it. I should note that that is the highest of any Big Sky team. The Wildcats rank six. I think the next closest one is Montana at nine or ten, something like that. John King, what about you? Preseason ranking of six for the Wildcats. How does that feel?
2: So I'm kind of enjoying flying under the radar a little bit here. I mean, when you've looked at the preseason rankings, whether it was through the spring season this past uh, this past year, the last couple of years, you know, Weaver State's right been right in that you know three or four range. You know, just behind JMU, just behind North Dakota State, um, and so I'm kind of like going. Uh, um, uh, I, am kind of liking to going into this season a little bit under the radar, uh, under the radar. I think, you know, going into the spring, look, expectations were really, really high. Um, I think we can all agree that, you know, the expectations were, were not met. I mean, met, I mean, pretty much everybody on our podcast last year said national championship or bus, it was a first round exit. So I think that, you know, going into this season being a little bit, you know, uh, you know, lower than what we would uh, a- a normally anticipate being, I think the guys are going to be hungry. And I really think you're going to see that over the first couple games games uh, when we start the season. Yeah.
0: I think I agree with you there, John King, that obviously the law, the first round loss of the Salukis was not the plan. They were a tough team credit to them. They came to Ogden, and they won the game. You know what I mean? And that's not an easy thing to do. And they pulled it off. Uh, So credit to them. But I think it leaves the Wildcats a little bit hungry going into the fall now where they didn't get the the result that they wanted. The door was wide open for national championship aspirations. And unfortunately, it closed early because of that first round loss. So I think I got to agree with you that overall, this is probably going to leave the Wildcats hungry. And um, and I think that hopefully it puts the fire in because Wildcats have a tough schedule and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, I wanted to move on now guys, unless you had anything else to talk about when it comes to the, the ranking, either of you.
1: I, I think it was a good lesson spring season as we all kind of got past that. And and maybe the, the frustration of an early exit, I think that was a good lesson for the team to learn. Uh, to me, that's the biggest takeaway I have. Great to have a, a, a mulligan season as it were uh, where potentially they could have won, but they didn't. And, they got a lot of experience out of it and hopefully it does make them hungry like John King was saying.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and having those six games, you know, in the spring, I mean, that's really, I think you're going to see a lot of dividends for that. I mean, especially in, you know, we can talk about this, you know, at a later point, you know, I I think that you're going to really see that in the quarterback position. Um, uh, Once we get going this year, I mean, you know, those games when we we're sitting in week 6 this year and we're looking at the development of Bronson Barron I think we're all going to be looking back at the six games from last spring and saying man I'm so happy we played those
0: I think I agree with you John I think that you know it was kind of house money putting Bronson Barron in there and we and we saw some good production I mean I think Bronson threw what like one pick the entire you know spring season impressive decisions made by him um and probably a lot of growth for a guy who hasn't played football in a couple of years so gotta take that, gotta take the good with you know some of the the sour taste that's left in the mouth. Gotta, gotta love that. Um, so now guys, I wanna talk a little bit about individual accolades because the Wildcats have received a few. Uh, we've got five preseason All-Americans this season. They are Ty Whitworth on the O-line, Josh Davis, of course, running back, Rashid Shahid at wide receiver, Jared Sheese on the, the defensive line, and the captain Connor Mortensen, all named preseason All-Americans a very deserving group of guys, right? Like some of our best. Um, but I wondered, is there anybody you felt that got snubbed? Maybe somebody that maybe should have been on the list, but didn't make that all American preseason ranking. John King.
2: So I think the person that's you know flying you know you know flying a little bit under the radar here that you know I think is really going to have a really really big year is Ty McPherson. I mean Ty McPherson was without a doubt the most consistent receiver um, on this uh, on this Wildcat team last year. Um, you know I think if you went into last season and you know. Ty McPherson, he he averaged almost 21 yards a catch, um, and so to have that deeper threat in his game, I don't think that was something. At least it wasn't something that I expected um, going into the spring season. So, you know, we know what Rashid Shahid can do. We know the blazing speed. We know that he's somebody who can really take the top off the defense. But having that other guy, I really think that um, uh, I really think that he's due for a breakout year. Um, it just seemed last year, you know, when when, you know, we needed a big reception, when we needed a big play, that seemed to be the direction in which Bronson was going. And so I think that, you know, I think he's really in line for, uh, I mean, for a really, really good season.
0: Yeah, probably expect, I mean, it seemed like there was some good chemistry between Bronson and TMAC. And so good to see that getting established in the, in the spring season and hopefully carry over into the fall when, you know, the Wildcats need a few yards Bronson knows that T Mac has the ability to break out and get some separation. Chappie, what about you? You think anybody got snubbed
1: on that all American preseason list? If it's anybody, it's somebody from our defensive backfield. It's 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 Eddie Heckard. Somebody That's along what I think too. Yep. those lines that, you know, Heckard was money in the spring. I and mean, that guy played his guts out and and it shows. And uh he's good. I mean, he's He's really good. And Weaver State has a tradition of of having good quarterbacks now and or excuse me, good cornerbacks now. And he's he's there. So if there's anybody that got snubbed, it's 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 our man, Eddie Hecker.
0: That's the guy that I thought of, too, um, because there was a lot of really big games where Eddie had, I think, an outsized impact because um, somehow the, the big sky became a, a very quarterback rich uh, conference in the spring season. We had a lot of experienced guys, um, you know, and we got to see one of the best guys twice last season in Vanderwall from Idaho state. And we knew that he was going to be a prolific passer, especially in that second game, because seeing what he had done throughout the season and his confidence grow, and especially throwing the ball to Tanner Connor, who was dynamite in the first half. I think he got, you know, kind of that first, I think within the Big Sky Podcast Network, we named Tanner Connor MVP for the first half of that season because he was just so prolific in catching the ball and getting that yak yards after catch. But man... Eddie Hecker did a great job on uh, shutting guys like that down and keeping the game close. So that's the first guy that jumped out of my mind was, gosh, maybe him.
1: Well, and, and coming off of 2019, 2019 season, our most inexperienced group was that defensive backfield. It was the cornerbacks and, and spring season 2021. Those, those guys came to play. They were by far uh, the most improved unit on the team, in my opinion
0: yeah, Jay Hill said as much, right? He said that, you know it was a young group of guys that he was breaking them in. And uh, in typical Jay Hill fashion, he took them took a bunch of raw talent and really turned them into something special. And so we knew that it would be a strength going into that spring season. And now we get to enjoy some of that experience coming into the fall. So now, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the strength of schedule because the schedule is really going to be key this year uh, because we've got some big ones on the schedule this year. We've got James Madison coming to Ogden. Uh, we've got uh, a game up in Cheney against Eastern Washington. We've got UC Davis, who's going to be a good team coming to Ogden. So Sam Herter, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, put out a piece on, um, on uh, hero sports, talking about the fact that the Wildcats have the sixth toughest schedule in the country by his ranking. Uh, and that was the toughest, I think in the big sky. And so I, I wanted to get your guys' take on that. I mean, Tough schedule seems that way, uh, but do you have a game in particular that you have your eye on as sort of a bellwether for how deep the Wildcats could potentially make a run in the playoffs should that you know happen again this year? Chappie, I want to go to you.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it should be obvious. And by the way, if you don't have tickets to this game yet, get the tickets. Like The stadium should be packed on September the 18th yeah. at 6 p.m. when we host James Madison in Ogden. It's a big game. It, it is not tradition uh very often that fcs schools big big time top 10 fcs schools play each other at a conference and i love absolutely love that weber state is doing this uh, and people need to show up man you show up to that stadium and, and cheer. that is that is absolutely going to be uh especially in an, as an early season game a very good watermark game it's going to tell us exactly how hungry they are exactly what they feel like they have to prove and exactly how the season i think is going to play out
0: yeah. John King, what about you? Uh, any any games on the schedule that you really got your eye on as a bellwether for the Wildcats and how good they could potentially be this season?
2: Well, first things first, you know, when you're talking about the 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 tough schedule, um, that doesn't even include, you know, the Montana Grizzlies because Weaver State doesn't play Montana um uh, but this year. Montana so Montana State, yeah. And that is going to be the game that I'm going to have circled on my calendar. Um, So, look, as an East Coast guy, obviously, you know, the JMU game means something to me, you know, being only about a half an hour from JMU actually going to both games where, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, where we've lost to them in the playoffs, once in the semifinals, once in the quarters, um, you know, that, that's, that's a game where I think we're really going to see where where the Wildcats are. Um, that's going to be a game where, you know, that's going to be the first real, real test of the FCS season, you know, for, for, for the Wildcats, especially for the offense, because, you know, going to be playing against some East coast athletes. Um, and, uh, but, the Montana state game is a game that I really have circled on my calendar. Um, one, because that's obviously going to be a huge game for, um, uh, for, for conference standings and conference champion, uh, con- conference championship, um, reasons. But the other reason is it's going to be a national, nationally televised, uh, game. It's going to be on ESPNU, um, it's going to be on a Friday night in primetime, time. um, And how many, you know, as as an FCS school, how many, how many of those do you get, you know, throughout three years, you know, to have one of those games, I mean, number one, that's a great opportunity from a marketing perspective, um, from school. It's great from a recruiting perspective because you can then go and take that and say, look, yeah, we're FCS, but, you know, we played more games on ESPN than some of these Division 1, you know, these these FBS schools. It's a huge recruiting tool that you can go out and you can take to get players that, you know, Weber State may not have had access to uh, before in the past. And then, you know, it just gets to, show, to showcase the team to a bigger audience. I mean, look, if you're playing a game on one of the main ESPN channels, obviously more eyeballs are going to be um, are are going to be on your team. I really like that, the, you know, the university was able to, you know, get this worked out to where where um, this where there's going to be this game, I'm really happy, you know, that uh, I, number one, I'm really happy that, you know, no longer are we gonna have to deal with Pluto TV and ESPN plus is going to be the way to go. But then to turn that into something that's actually going to be played on national TV in front of the entire country, I think that that's a game that everybody should have circled on their calendars.
0: Yeah, definitely a big one. And like you said, John King, the the big sky will be making the transition to ESPN plus this season. And so I had ESPN plus because I wanted to watch a lot of those Missouri Valley games uh, in the spring season, because, you know, if you wanted to watch all those good matchups, they were over there. So I was already paying the money and then the big sky announced that they were going to be going to ESPN plus. And so that should up the quality of those productions for the big sky, because I think that the spring season in my, I mean, I'm sure that that the big sky wanted to go to ESPN plus long ago, but I think just watching the the difference between the Valley and the big sky productions, it was night and day. And so glad that they glad that they made that jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, Montana state is going to be a huge game because I, I don't know what to expect from them. You know, the last time that, you know, we had a real full season, they were semifinalists just like we were, they were a good team their head coach, Jeff showed has since left and gone on to Texas, but they've got Brett vegan who used to be a part of the, the North Dakota state coaching tree spent some time at Wyoming now up in Bozeman at Montana state. And they've got some talented players who are returning. So not really sure what to expect from that good Montana state team. They could be dynamite. They could, you know, just mow through everybody in front of them or they could have growing pains. Well, you know, it's, it's hard to say.
1: Well, and I'll I'll just add there, Eastern Washington's a big game. I, they played in the spring. This is Barry's senior season. The guys, electric. Uh, that that's to me. That's if I were going to pick a second game, it would be that one. But my final note here is, how in the world are we playing at Dixie and at SUU? We play at SUU two years in a row when they're so- leaving the conference. Come on.
0: So I, I had the same question and then I thought about it. And when the conference, because SUU will be leaving the big sky conference this year, will be moving on to the WAC. I guess the conference decided to move up their final season to now, which means that we skipped basically 2021 scheduling. So that means that instead of them coming to Ogden, the way that we, you know, it would have happened because we did play in the spring. Uh, we'll have to go down to Cedar one more time to play the T-Birds in state. And, With that, it also, I assumed that Weber State had scheduled a home-and-home with Dixie, and so moving that schedule up meant that Dixie would have come to Ogden as well had we kept the, the original 2021 schedule, but since we moved to 2022 schedule, it's now going to be... Weber state going down to St. George to play the trailblazers. Um, and so it's a little bit weird. And I had the same question. Cause I felt the same. I was like, no way Dixie should be coming to Weber state in their first season as a D one school. But I guess that's just kind of the way that crumbled, but Chappie, I have to, I have to agree with you that for me, guys, I think the the game that is scheduled or the game on the schedule that, is most important in my eyes is I want to see that Eastern Washington game in Cheney. Cheney is a difficult place to win. The wind is always difficult to deal with up there, especially if you're a kicker and it's a close game and you got to kick field goals. Um, I think that that I can game, guarantee it'll be raining. Yeah. I mean, it's just that way, right? And I think that that game is going to be a really interesting one because uh, if you're a fan of the Eagles Power Hour podcast with Kyler, um, Kyler Neal, who's the big FCS guy. Um, uh, I think that, and, and Rusty, of course, uh, Rusty's more, he's, he's really plugged into the hoop stuff. If you've listened to those guys, Kyler had to take that, you know, that the Eagles would probably lose a game up there. Uh, they don't usually lose at, at Roose field. And so I think that somebody is going to beat them there. Is it Weber? Is it Montana? We, we don't know, but I think that there's a chance that the Wildcats could win up in Cheney. They've done it before. But man, uh, that's going to be a really interesting and bellwether game. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. But for me, that's the one that I want to see because I agree with you, Cheppy. I think that the Eagles are maybe a little bit underranked right now. I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to open some eyes because Eric Berrier is playing in his, basically his fifth year senior season. And there's a good chance that he goes to the NFL after this. And, uh, you know, he's already on the Walter Payton watch, watch list, Walter Payton award. Uh, I mean, he's going to be something. And we're going to see if the Wildcats can do a number on him
1: one more time. I'm just surprised that Barry is still there. I I figured he would be the quarterback of the Oregon Ducks or somebody, Washington Huskies. I, I figured he would take the route of previous high, high quality uh, Eastern Washington quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Uh, A couple of things to note here, guys, before we wrap up the segment. So we have a couple of roster changes that we wanted to note. So Daniel Wright Jr., uh, who was really good for us in a number of games in the spring season, he did end up transferring to Tarleton State. So he'll be playing in the WAC this season. Uh, We we won't be able to see him anymore, but we are getting some key guys who are missing in the spring season back. Uh, You'll be seeing Kevin Smith Jr. will be back. And uh, Chris Jackson also, from what I understand, will be back. Plus the emergence of Dante McMillan, who was dynamite in that SUU game. Uh, we've got quite quite another uh, group of running backs to come out of the backfield for the Wildcats. We also should know that Hiram Taputoa has retired. And then we noticed that Jordan Turner, who we had interviewed on the show, uh, maybe not last season, but the season before, the last fall season that we had. And uh, he wasn't on the list, or no, it was last year. Jordan Turner's not on the roster anymore. He's not in the app. We don't see him. So uh, I don't know what happened to Jordan, but wide receiver Randall Grimes, who's a UNLV transfer is active and tight end Jordan Allen who's a transfer from the university of Tennessee also active. So we've got some really interesting additions to the wide receiving core and also that tight end core. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Andrew Voller was playing in that preseason game yesterday for the Colts. I love good tight end play with Wildcats. Uh, last thing I wanted to note, guys. Wildcats were voted number one in the conference preseason coaches poll. Um, presumed to win the conference, we we shall see. So with that, uh, I think it's time that we. Oh, question from the chat. You guys think Montana's better than us? I don't know. What are your takes, John King? What do you think, Montana
2: better than us? I'm going to be interested to see how both the Montana schools um, do this year because, I mean, it's been a long time since they've played a football game. And so there's no doubt going to be some 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 rest up there, uh, you know, especially early. Now, whether that's going to be something that they're able to overcome, that I think remains to be seen because, I mean, they're kind of in uncharted territory because no one has ever, you know, since football has been started at the collegiate level no one's really gone this long without you know playing playing a game so you know i think that that's going to be um, uh, um i, I think i think that's going to be one huge advantage that we state is going to have is over both those two schools this year like i i really do think that this past spring season even though it was just six games i do think that that experience is going to prove invaluable especially as the season wears on
0: yeah, because I think my take is that Montana could be better than us. Uh, they certainly could. They've got a lot of really interesting pieces. Um, they've got some guys that are really going to be something. I think that they had, I think, maybe just as many or maybe one less preseason All-American than, than the Wildcats did. So, I mean, they've got some talent up in Missoula as well. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that the Wildcats will not see the Grizzlies in the regular season. So it's uh, it's tough. Uh, I don't know uh, they could be better but we'll just kind of see how the season plays out uh chappie what about you what's your take
1: yeah it's it's Montana is not better than us for the simple fact that they haven't played a game in almost two years uh, and they're replacing a starting quarterback in Dalton sneed uh, our situation where we were similarly replacing a starting quarterback but our our starting quarterback has now played six games right and he's still fresh still freshman so I give Weber the edge there simply based off of having played the spring season, uh, I think it I think it matters.
0: I will say the one correction on that, Chappy. they did play some sort of, you know, yeah, they did they play have,
1: some games they, in the spring. they had televised scrimmages.
0: great <laughs> I mean, but they did play Big Sky opponent in Portland State. So it's not, you know, playing Central Washington is one thing. but, Playing Portland,
1: Portland, State. Portland State's pretty on par with Central. I'm just kidding. I- well, I mean, that's,
0: that's some shade to be thrown, and that's that's legitimate. Uh, but I'm just saying, they did play some football, so it's not like they're totally rusty. Unlike uh, what, you know, I'd be interested to see what ends up with Sac State, who has not played at all. And you just kind of shut it down. Uh, coming back off of a conference championship season in 2019, or a share of it anyway, and a playoff berth. Uh, interested to see how they deal with that long hiatus because they did not play anybody at all. So we just want to shout out to our guy AC's in the chat. Miss you, man. Uh, But now let's, uh, let's move on guys. Let's talk volleyball because so for a majority of our fall season, we're going to be talking mostly about football and volleyball because those are kind of the two sports that'll be going until we start to see hoops pick up in late November and into early December. So it's going to be a lot of football and volleyball. And I mean, these are probably two of our best sports on campus right now, guys seeing this team come back in this core of Ashland Power and Sam Sheese and Rylan Adams, who was an all American in, you know, the spring season this year has seeing them come back to a pretty stacked team while other key parts, other key parts of other conference teams have left. I think Northern Colorado is going to take a step back where they had been the nemesis of the Wildcats for a little while. This team is going to be special guys. I mean, are you, are you all excited to see kind of what, what they've got going on give me give me kind of your general feeling of these ladies as we get ready for a regular season in the Swenson that you know that we haven't been able to see in, in a while
2: Well, I mean, you know, w- w- one thing that I think that you know this pa- this past spring season in volleyball is really gonna is is really gonna do wonders for is uh, is, is playoff you know NCAA tournament c- seeding. You know, I do think this team is going to go back there. I mean, it's going to be a tougher schedule this year. You know, we're playing a lot more teams outside of the Big Sky because obviously conference play is returning. We're going to talk about the schedule here in a moment, um, but you know they used to always say like, what's the key, you know, in, in football, what what's the key for Boise state to be, um, uh, you know, to be in the national championship, uh, to, you know, contention. And they, would, they would always say that the key to that would be to good, be good the year before. Um, I think Weber state kind of snuck up on some people nationally last year. Um, but they're not a surprise anymore. So, you know, if you put together a regular season, like, you know, like, like, like we did, you know, this past spring, I don't think you're going to be looking at a situation where you're one of the lower seeds, um, uh, you know, one of the four lower seeds in uh, in, in the volleyball tournament. I think that you're going to have a situation where you get a much more favorable draw, and then, you know, once you get that and you know don't have to run into one of you know the better teams in the tournament you can really string some things together and then the next thing you know you're in the final eight or you know you're in the final four or whatever that goes along with that is but i think that that spring season having that momentum of you know going 15 and one getting to the ncaa tournament not going to sneak up on as many people nationally this year it's only going to help the wildcats seeding when it comes tournament time
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you, John King. I think that the Wildcats going in and beating Bowling Green in in the first round of the NCAA tournament is a statement win, but also hopefully it pays dividends in the future because in the next round, the Wildcats ended up playing against a team that went to the Final Four in Wisconsin, one of the best teams in the country at the time. So more favorable seating will maybe make for a deeper run. I think if you're serious about any sort of deep run, you're going to see a team like Wisconsin eventually. But uh, a little bit more favorable seating can you know maybe... Extend that run in the NCAA tournament a little bit longer because watching those ladies play against Bowling Green was just truly something they really handled business. And uh, it's good to see that basically that same group of ladies come back and get ready for a full season with some really interesting non-conference opponents, along with a more traditional season where they're going to a place, you know, they're playing or somebody's coming to the Swenson, they're playing them one time instead of the more of the series. So I want to talk guys a little bit about the roster. One of the things I noticed on the app today when I was going through just kind of seeing who was new and who had moved on, I noticed that Caroline Broadhead was not on there anymore. And I was shocked. I mean, what, what's your guys' take on that? No Caroline Broadhead when she had been so good for the Wildcats uh, in that spring season. Do you think that the Wildcats are able to load up and sort of retool in her absence? Uh, give me your thoughts, Chaffee or John King.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they, with all of the seniors coming back, I'm not sure what what Caroline Broadhead's situation is, but with all of the seniors coming back and they, they made that decision in the spring, I feel pretty low. The team, is, for all intents and purposes, basically the same team as the spring, and that's great.
0: Yeah. John King, any thoughts on that?
2: Well, I mean, look. When it comes to the offensive attack, I mean, it's it's still a three headed monster between R- Rylan Adams, Day, and, um, uh, and and Sam Sheese. I mean, and that's yeah. going to be the bread and butter. For this team, no matter what this, this team will go as far as that attacking triumvirate will take them at the end of the day. Like that is what, that is what is going to drive this team. And, you know, losing someone who was a key contributor down the stretch, like, you know, Caroline Broadhead last year, it hurts, but that's not going, in my opinion, going to be something that really drives the, how deep this team will go.
0: Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. It is a shock and a bummer to see that, you know, she is not on the roster. That's too bad. But overall, um, I think that you're right, John King, that, you know, the senior leadership of this group, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be OK. So I want to talk a little bit now about the new blood, because I noticed there were a number of freshmen and redshirt freshmen on the new roster. And so we've got outside hitter Brooklyn Frederick coming in outside hitter Kate and White. Uh, we've got a libero, a new libero, Charlie Bouquet, and then a couple of redshirt freshmen, like I noted, um, this will be Marley Rossello and Liana Woodley. Um, Liana's a, a middle blocker and then, uh, Marley is also libero. And then we got a transfer. I was really surprised to see this. So we got a transfer from Southern Miss, a lady named Kess Krutzinger, And so excited to see what she does as, as a middle blocker. But it seems like, I mean, we know that Coach Jeremiah Larson and his team do a great job of putting together quality rosters and helping develop players to be the best that they can be. And so I think that having some of this new talent come in, they may not necessarily get a ton of playing time unless we've got a lot of blowouts. Uh, But uh, we'll just have to see. But I'm excited to see some of these new ladies get an opportunity to at least play one season. With some of the the veteran leadership that has led this program to new heights, thoughts on the new roster, guys?
2: Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, um, obviously they're you know they're in fall camp getting prepped for the season. I think the early games are going to be very interesting to see who who gets playing time. Who because ha- you know we're not at practice every day, obviously. So who are those people that are having you know uh, uh, you know a good preseason? I think we'll have an idea about you know who those people are in the first two or three games. However, I mean, you know, with so much of this team coming back, I mean, it's going to be really, really tough for a lot of, uh, for a lot of players to kind of break into that starting lineup, break into that, uh, break into that rotation, just because, you know, so much production is returning. Yeah.
0: Chappy, any thoughts on that roster?
1: Coach Larson has things rolling. Um, He's, he's doing a very good job. Uh, And, and, you know, I, I have complete confidence in, in folks he brings in and, and the job he's doing up there.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, coach Jeremiah Larson coming off of a coach big sky coach of the year season in the spring. And so a lot of confidence all, all across the, the conference in his ability to lead a team and, you know, help get them in the, in the position to win. Um, so guys, we talked a little bit about that non-conference schedule. It's an interesting one. We've got some really good matches coming up. So, uh, first real match of the year after the the scrimmage, which will be on Monday, the 23rd, they got Seton Hall coming to the Swenson. Interesting. And then they'll see North Dakota later that week. It's a weird doubleheader that day because they'll have North Dakota and then at 11, then they'll get on the bus and drive up to Logan and take on Utah state Uh crazy day, but we're also seeing Utah Valley. Uh, we'll be playing Brigham Young in a tournament down in Provo. We'll be playing Michigan State there as well. We'll be playing at Utah. And we will be going out to play Kansas State, who we've beaten in the past, along with uh, Omaha. Um, so let's see. That's all of the all of the tournament teams from the state last year. They're all on the on the out of conference schedule. Thoughts. Anything, any matchups that you're excited to
1: see? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see say Utah Valley matchup If for nothing else, because they also got to the NCAA tournament last year and were seemingly ranked higher, got a better slot than, than Weber state did out of the whack. And so I, frankly, I, I want us to crush them.
0: I'm excited for that match because it's in the Swenson and with you, I feel like that's a match where the Wildcats can really kind of show their metal. Uh, but man, um, that's going to be a big one. Cause I think that, Brigham Young is going to be a very good team. Utah is going to be a very good team and going to them and playing on their floor is going to be its own set of challenges, but Utah Valley coming to Ogden and playing in the Swenson, which is going to be just absolutely raucous this season. I think that's a fun match to watch. And that's, that's one to be at John King. What about you? What sticks out on that out of conference?
2: So I was going to say the Utah Valley game as well, just because, you know, we all we we all kind of talked about, um, you know, in, in our Slack message last year, we were when the when the NCAA tournament um, bracket came out, we were all surprised that, you know, Utah Valley was able to get a higher seed than us. And so, um, you know, I do think that that's going to be, that's going to be a nice little benchmark game, you know, for us to see where we are from an out of conference perspective, but the game that also is on, you know, it's on the radar for me is going to be Michigan state. And we kind of got, there's, there's no doubt. Um, there's no doubt that the big 10 conference is the best volleyball conference in the, in, in, in the country. It just, it just is. And so, got Weber state got their first taste of that last year playing Wisconsin in the, uh, in the conference tournament, going to be able to um, get a nice taste of, you know, that kind of talent early on the season by playing Michigan state. And, you know, you don't get to play those teams very often. You don't get to play. You, you don't get to really take advantage of those opportunities. So like being able to see, someone from that conference who's consistently playing against the Wisconsin's, the Minnesota's and the, the Nebraska's seeing someone like that early on in the season, I think is going to help this team tremendously. Um, uh, when we get to the business end. Yeah.
0: I think, I think I, I'd have to agree with you, John King, like facing Wisconsin, who was a very good team, went to the final four in the last NCAA tournament. Now an opportunity to face Michigan in Provo, uh, just really starting to play at some of the higher levels of volleyball. And if we were to ask for a team that we would want to field for those matches, this team is it. So once again, an opportunity for those young rookies to get, get a look, you know, those freshmen to to get a look and see what it's really like to play at the highest levels, but also still have a chance with this core veteran leader, uh, core group of veteran leadership to see what kind of damage you can do against some of the best teams in the country. Uh, AC noted that uh, we noted that the, the scrimmage is going to be on May twenty third. That's like six o'clock in Swenson. Uh, that scrimmage is free, folks. Go ahead and show up. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I think I, I'm going to plan on being there, so it's going to be a good time. Um, the last thing I was going to ask you guys before we wrap this segment up and we go to our last segment is the Wildcats were ranked number one coming in, or no, they had, they aren't, they weren't. the 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 rankings haven't come out yet, but they should be ranked number one because. It looks like Northern Colorado has lost, uh, some key players, you know, folks like Taylor Muff, they Northern Colorado's is going to take a step back. Northern Arizona was very good last season and we expect them to be very good, but, uh, the Wildcats look, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. Do you guys expect the Wildcats to repeat as conference champions this year and make another run in the NCAA tournament? Chappie, what do you think?
1: Absolutely. Um, the deck is stacked in their favor. They have all their seniors coming back and because of the results of them winning the conference last year, they are hosting the conference tournament this year. So everything is in their favor to do it. Of course, execution is is key there. And they have to go out and win the games, obviously. But, you know, as we've learned in football, and we've mentioned here a little bit, seating does matter. Having all the the, the advantages that you can absolutely helps. And in this situation, having all your seniors coming back and hosting the conference tournament absolutely stacks the deck in their favor. Yeah.
0: John King, any thoughts from you before we wrap this one up?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that, um, uh, you know, I think this team is, is, is more than likely going to, um, is going to repeat as conference champions, champions this year, um, returning just so much talent, whether that's the attacking trio that we've talked so much about, you know, so far, um, Ashland power is going to have, you know, really going to have her work cut out for her just because like, you know, she's going to be able, she's going to, she has every setter's dream right now. I mean, she's going to everywhere, you know, she is going to go to a set the ball. There's going to be a playmaker there. And that's what you, you know, that, that's what you are as a setter. You're a point guard. You get the, everybody involved, you control the tempo, and, you know, she's living the, you know, she's living the dream right now. And when you look at the talent from an offensive perspective and, you know, the different angles that they're going to be able to attack at this year, I don't think there's any reason why this team doesn't repeat. Yeah.
0: Well, and I would also, I would also point to, you know, their percentage, their digs last season, they were just, there were some matches where just those digs were just incredible. And so, I mean, this, this team definitely has, is known for the offense that they can put out there, but man, some of that defense last year, uh, it was just, just incredible. Some of those digs were just like, wow, man. And just back and forth and back and forth and winning some of those long exchanges, getting the point is just, I don't know. It's just the mark of a, of a good, a well-coached machine. So excited to see that put together. Um, like we said, the purple and white scrimmage will be on Monday, August 23rd. It'll be six, 6 PM at the Swenson gym. Uh, some of the Weber state weekly team will be there looking forward to seeing some of you there uh, as well. Uh, so. Check that out. Now we're going to go to our final segment, guys. We are going to play a little game I prepared for you guys. We're calling it over under. We've played this game before. Uh, I've got some lines for you, and uh, I'm going to get your takes. So let's start with football. I want to know, guys, football wins this season. We've talked about the tough schedule. We've talked about the opportunities that exist there and the nature of what we have. I'm going to set the line at 8.5 wins. You taking the over or the under? John King, what do you think?
2: Because of the nature of the tough schedule, I think I'm going to go under this year. Um, I think that this is a, I think this is going to be an eight win team. Uh, I think eight and three is going to be, you know, I think that's going to be a pretty, pretty fair mark, but that's, you know, you can still be a very high seed as an, as an eight and three, as an eight and three team and make a lot of noise in the, uh, uh, in, in the FCS playoffs this year. But I do think, you know, you um, know, some of the teams on the schedule it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough yeah i'd love to be proven wrong but it's going to be a really tough uh uh you know nine wins is going to be tough tough to get so for that reason i'm gonna i think this is going to be an eight you know an eight win team um right in the mix for a conference championship but yeah, you know, the under in this particular case all right
0: chappy what about you 8.5 is the line what are you taking the over or the under
1: uh, if we're including playoff games, it's over. In fact, I, I'm taking over no matter what.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to include playoff games. I don't want to count. I want to. I want to go with the schedule that's in front of you right now. Got 11 games. Can you win nine of them, or are you probably going to win eight, like John King says?
1: No, nah, it's going to be nine. We're over, but I don't. I don't think it's it's nine or 10. I mean, we're going to lose at Utah, and then it's going to be one of either James Madison. Montana state or at Eastern Washington, that that we're going to lose one of those three games and hopefully not multiples of those games. We state proved in 2019 that they can run a gauntlet of a schedule. They did that have, have plenty of confidence that they can do that again.
0: Yeah. Overlooking UC Davis
1: on that schedule. I noticed. So we'll see how that goes. Yes. Mostly I I'm sad that they're playing Utah instead of Utah state this year. I think they, would actually be tough state this year. Don't, don't, don't put that out too far and wide.
0: <laughs> well, you'll get your chance next year to see how you'd stack up against those guys. All right, guys. Um, I want to ask about volleyball. Now volleyball wins this season. I'm going to set the, uh, the line at 20.5 wins, which is pretty good on a 27 game schedule. What do you think over or under John King? Tell me quick. <laughs>
2: I'm going over, uh, I'm going over for volleyball this year. Um, I think that this is going to be a historic season that, you know, that this school remembers for a very, very long time. And it's a very special group back for one last rodeo. Um, I'm I'm going over. It's going to, they're going to, they're going to run the table.
0: Okay. Chappy, real quick. Tell me, what do you think? 20.5 over or under?
1: It's going to be under based solely on a very difficult non-conference schedule as we
0: talked about. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some tough ones on there. Utah, Brigham Young, Michigan State. I mean, that could potentially be three right there. So you don't got a lot of wiggle room. Plus there'll be the conference schedule. Don't look past Northern Arizona. We do have to play at Northern Arizona in Flagstaff. We also have to play Sac State in Sacramento this year, which is always a weird place to play. Coach Jeremiah Larson has told us that in the past. So difficult stuff. Uh, man, that is a lot of trash talk in the chat. All right. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to wrap this one up with our upcoming events. There's not a lot this week, obviously. Um, soccer is underway. They did have a match down in Provo earlier last week. Uh, and they'll be playing another one. They'll be playing at Kansas state on Thursday, August 19th. That'll be at 6 PM. I didn't see in the app. If there's any place to watch that, I don't think it's going to be on ESPN plus. I don't know, but, uh, that's there. Also. Friday, August 20th, Dame's going to be in town for the Weeper State Alumni Classic. It'll be hosted by Damien Lillard at the D Event Center, 6.30 p.m. Last time Dame was in town, he's sinking threes from half court at the D, and it was like seven bucks. Get up there, man. Like It's just an incredible opportunity to watch Dame play some basketball in the D, wearing the purple and white one more time. And then finally, on Monday, August 23rd, like we talked about, volleyball we will be doing their purple and white scrimmage. That'll be 6 p.m. Swenson Gym be there it's going to be a lot of fun and it costs you nothing so we're going to wrap the show Uh, if you have ideas you want to email us obviously you can comment in the chat on these live broadcasts but uh if you missed it and you're listening on the podcast email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com it's a good opportunity to talk to us share your ideas in season two what you think we're on facebook instagram and twitter twitter is one of the best places to interact with the weber state weekly team especially on game day we've got patreon if you go to patreon.com slash Weber Weekly and you choose to support us, you will be invited to our Slack channel. We've got a game day Slack channel where we talk about the game together with a group of passionate Wildcat fans who support the work of Weber State Weekly. Good opportunity to get in there. So support us, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. And finally, we have our website where we'll have our blog. We'll be doing our best to continue to have recruiting coverage throughout the high school football season. That'll be weberstateweekly.com. Check it out. We are doing our best. So that's it. That's our first show back. Guys, good to see your faces again. Really love it. Uh, I'm going to finish up like I always do and say Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh.